This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. Six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Friday morning wake-up call here on Sports Country Radio. And as we are every Friday, Dr. Z, the guru, my guru for NFL knowledge, is here to join us. And, Dan, uh, what a nutso week last week in the NFL. It's the first time in NFL history there's been, like, three uh, games that ended the way they did. Three overtime or games, or actually two overtime games, and one that was on the last play of the game. It's just the first time in, in history that's ever happened. It, it, honest to God, just when you think you've seen it all, you haven't seen it all. No, no, you have not, Gene. I mean, and especially in one of the games we're going to talk about, we have not seen it all. But I will say, it is as crazy as it is. It's probably, last week I'd say it was probably the craziest week since last divisional weekend last year. Um, but I will say this with the weather coming in this week and it being Christmas week and Christmas Eve and Christmas day, having multiple games, the Arctic blasts are coming. I mean, we are going to see maybe one of the wildest pushes to the playoffs. There's parody throughout the league. And this is what makes the league so much fun is we don't know who's going to win. So very exciting going into week 16. You call it parody, but you've also called it we've seen a lot of bad football this year. So is it parody or are there a bad lot of teams football. that are there a lot is it parody or is it just teams that stink? What is it? I think you can kind of chalk both of those up in kind of the same category to be quite <laughs> honest with you. I just don't think there's very good football going on. I think there's a great team. I, I don't and now even the great team in Philadelphia is dealing with injuries uh, with the quarterback position. So, you know, it, it's all even. I'll say that. It's even. That's what I would say. All right. Well, we'll, we'll go with that. Um, before we get to last week's games, we have to make mention of the fact Franco Harris died this week, just 72 years old. Uh, of course, most famously remembered for uh, the Immaculate Reception against the Oakland Raiders in the 1972 playoff game. It was a game that was the first ever playoff victory for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that kind of got the whole dynasty started. I mean, uh, before the New England Patriots and Tom Brady were putting all those rings on their fingers, the Pittsburgh Steelers were kind of the, uh, uh, the team that everybody measured themselves by, and Franco Harris was right in the middle of those teams. Yeah, and and people, you know, kind of think about the Steelers of the 70s. The first thing they think about is that steel curtain defense, the Jack Lamberts, the Mean Joe Greens, you know, all those Jack Ham and Mel Blunt and all those guys. Um, but the offense, you know, you might think of Terry Bradshaw, but th- it was not a passing offense back then. I mean, it was very much so predicated on, hey, we're running the ball right behind uh, old Mike Webster, the center, one of the best centers of all time, and we're running it with Franco Harris. I mean, he was just a big, bruising back. Franco's Italian Army was one of my, you know, favorite things watching NFL films as a kid to to see that. And you know, it was it was the time to be alive in Pittsburgh in the 1970s. It's carried all the way over to 
to this generation for the last 50 years and to have this happen so close to the 50th anniversary of, of the, one of the greatest plays in, in history of, of sports really. Uh, and especially at that time and the fact that the Steelers are playing the Raiders this weekend. Right. So that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, very sad, of course, very sad. Of course, you know, all the Raiders greats will, will tell you they're still looking for the Zapruder film on that whole thing with, uh, <laughs> with, with seeing whether the ball hit the ground or not. But uh, outside of that, you know, about Franco Harris, Hall of Fame career, was always a nice guy. Every time you heard him on radio or TV being interviewed, he always seemed like an interesting character. He had some great stories. So um, it, it is a sad day for Steeler Nation. And, you know, maybe that'll inspire them to go out uh, and maybe win this weekend uh, because I will say, Gene, if they do not win their last three games, right. it'll be the first time that Mike Tomlin's career that he will have a losing record in, well, the, se- in the season. Well, and you, and so, you, uh, when you look at the standings, too, I mean, that's a big game this week because they're still technically in the playoff on it. Look, they're on life support without question, but there is, there is, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they could still sneak in the playoffs with the amount of teams that are, are struggling this year. No question. They get Kenny Pickett back this week to, to, to play quarterback against a Raider team that, you know, is clearly <laughs> struggling and, and may have last week pulled out the most ridiculous thing of all time. Um, but uh, in that dumb off that went on on Sunday, but the, uh, I don't think it's out of their own possibility at all. I think the Steelers, you know, they'd obviously need to have some things go their way. But the way things are shaping up this year, you do not know. I mean, anything can happen in the last three weeks here. Uh, well, you uh, you set it up perfectly, my friend. Uh, let's talk about the Las Vegas Raiders and the New England Patriots game from last week in the uh, most incredible finish in the history of not just the NFL, perhaps of any level of football, including Pop Warner. Uh, a team that should be playing for overtime decides to try to get cute. They... Th- and then they try to, you know, throw a lateral backwards. They throw it right to the Raiders. They run it in for the touchdown. Game over when they should be playing overtime. I can only imagine uh, your, the explosion that happened in your room uh, <laughs> when that happened in the game. Yeah, I cannot confirm nor deny that things were thrown at windows and such short. But I will say this. Uh, it was quite frankly, par for the course on how this season has gone along and simply put maybe the dumbest play since Jim Marshall ran into the end zone backwards. Uh, (laughs) It it really is that level of stupidity. Um, And look, it's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. And we heard after the game that that play wasn't called and that it was a drop play and nobody was ever supposed to lateral anything. And Ramondre Stevenson got the ball rolling. And then Jacoby Myers decided to throw it to Max Jones of all people who was going to do what with it. That's what I want to know. And of course it's Chandler Jones, the whole Patriot like tie in with the Raiders, how this is basically Patriots West. And you know, it was just, uh, it, it makes it really sick. And frankly, you know, I think it comes back to a larger issue in the game. You notice that the Patriots were just classically unable to pass. And that's not different than what we've talked about. Right. But what was different was Mac Jones was particularly terrible. Uh, he was terrible in this game. 
this might be one of his worst performances. Just missing flat-out wide receivers. He also noticed, though, that there were receivers just running routes the wrong way. Yep. Everybody was bunched together, running into each other. I mean, it was a joke. It it looked like a high school game, and and it finished like a high school game. I mean, it really did. Um, yeah, you can argue about the Cole catch, and I don't think it was a catch either. I think it's clear right. that 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 was uh, obviously his foot was out. But it's not about that. Mike Leach, the great, the late great Mike Leach, uh, just passed away. He had a he had a big sign on his door. And it said, you're either coaching it or you're allowing it to happen. And currently, the coaches are allowing it to happen. About the, the players going rogue, about players, you know, it's, the, the coaching is just not there from, from the positional coaches. I, I don't see how, how you can, how can you argue, how can argue that. I mean, they've gone downhill from the wide receivers coaches, clearly the offensive line. I mean, the whole thing has just been a complete disaster. And it's on Bill at the end of the day because this is not the type of team that Belichick is, is used to, uh, uh, you know, acting under his regime. And I think that there's got to be some wholesale changes. And if there is not, and the Patriots end up at 8 and 9 and miss the playoffs, I think you have to start really questioning is this still the right decision for? for Kraft to have him here or is it time to move on? Because I I think his job is seriously, seriously in jeopardy after four straight years of no playoff wins and now a losing season after such a promising 2021. Um, If you read the Boston Globe, uh, Ben Volan had an article and look, you know, Ben Volan is uh, not exactly – I don't know if objective is the right word, but he tends to look on all troll and volan. Yeah, yeah, he tends to look in the uh, glass half empty conspiracy theory kind of guy. But if you read uh, what he wrote this week, he basically uh, said that it's almost like the Patriot players are intentionally sabotaging this coaching staff because they are so disgusted, <laughs> and so fed up that they are going out of their way to make things worse. You know, and I don't know that I believe that. I do believe that there is a lot of frustration with a lot of these players with the coaching staff, as well there should be. But do you do you think that they are intentionally sabotaging these guys? I don't think there's an intentional sabotage. I think that's pretty strong. But I would say this. I don't think they think they are being coached well enough, right. that they are being prepared enough for these games. I just don't think that they do. And, and, and that's where, you know, I think this comes into question of who on earth are these dudes that are positional coaches? We know Bill Belichick's a good coach. We know he's a great coach. We know he's probably the greatest of all time. Um, but his decision-making in delegating to people that are his guys, that, that the arrogance to think that some defensive coordinator that's never coached offense before could just come in and do it. Oh, and coach the all-line, by the way. I mean, at some point, you know, you got to look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know, we really screwed this up. <laughs> and I and I hope, I hope, my hope is that they will see that and they will bring somebody in here. I imagine somebody like a Bill O'Brien type that has that experience and that can actually coach offense um, and be creative 
and be creative. There's no creativity. I mean, McDaniels, God love him. I mean, at least he was creative. And and now, McDa- I mean, poor McDaniels has to have to have Derek Carr out there who can't complete a pass with him. With, with, with if if he was if he was dropped out of the sky, and and could hand it off to the receiver, he couldn't complete a pass. I mean, it was it was terrible. Derek Carr was awful. But yet still, the Patriot incompetency. I can't believe I'm saying that. The Patriot incompetency is what cost them this game. And that's a shame, and that's, and that's where things have to, have to change, All right, my, is, is at the coaching level. My next question, it's a, it's a two-part question. I want you to hear me out before you explode. Um, sure. Two things. Number one, <coughs> when TB12 left the Patriots, there was this debate mm-hmm. of was all the Patriots' success because of Tom Brady or was it because of Belichick? Well, Tom Brady has left, and there has been no success since Tom Brady left. So does that mean that Tom Brady was the reason that this team won as much as they did? And is, is Belichick be given too much credit for all the, tr- the, the, the uh, success that the Patriots had? That's part one. Okay, hang on. Part two. Everybody now is saying that Mac Jones is not the guy to lead this Patriot team going forward. Did the Patriots make a mistake in A, letting Tom Brady walk, and B, drafting Mac Jones? Do the Patriots need to move on from Mac Jones already? So so hit me with both parts there. This to me... This to me is more of a three-part question because now you're you're looking at okay, is Brady the sole reason that they won uh, won those Super Bowls? Not the sole reason, but I think yes, we should give more credit to Brady than we realize. Although I would say this, if you go back and listen and look at the history of the dynasties, the Patriots' offense was not anything in the in the mid 2000s. It was an efficient offense, right. but it was more geared like almost like the 49ers of today. They were a dominant defense with a great run game and Antoine Smith, Corey Dillon, Kevin Falk, all those guys. And they had guys that were serviceable. They did, certainly didn't have any Debo Samuels or George Kittles. Right. Uh, but they had, you know, serviceable guys, the Christian Fourier's, the Dion Branches, the Troy Browns, who was awesome. I mean, one of the best players that they've ever had. Um, but those teams were based off of defense and him and Romeo Cradell and Charlie Weiss did a great job. Fast forward, you know, 10 years later, then once 07 kind of kicks off, we realize, oh, shoot, Tom Brady actually is one of the best quarterbacks in football, can put up these incredible numbers. And since that year, he kind of broke a ceiling towards getting that team to be as dominant as they were. And that's why they made eight or nine straight AFC championship games and went on to win those three Super Bowls. Is is I think a lot of it has to do with him. But does Tom Brady have anything to do with them winning a thirteen to three game against the Rams in twenty eighteen? I mean, there's, it's it's I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. It's the trifecta of Kraft, Belichick, Brady, all at the same time to have twenty years of success. That's your answer to part one. Okay. Part two, I would say this about Mac Jones. I would say. Yes, we probably made, uh, they probably made a mistake by letting Brady walk. There's no question about that. I'm not sure if it was solely their decision. I'm not sure if it was solely Brady's decision, to be honest with you. Uh, But in terms of Mac Jones, no. Like, they're two separate issues. 
Like, of course, they would have made a mistake, I think, drafting Mac Jones. I, I don't think they would have made a mistake drafting Mac Jones if Brady had stayed. Okay. But it wasn't working. It wasn't working. If Mac Jones had sat behind Brady for the last two years, are you kidding me? I think he would have learned immensely. Right. And that's why you're hearing all these rumors about, you know, are the Patriots going to you know, reunite with Brady in the offseason because he clearly doesn't want to be in Tampa you know, blah, 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 and have Mac Jones sit behind him. I mean, that's why you're hearing all this stuff. But Mac Jones has the ability. Mac Jones also has hurt himself by kind of acting a little bit childish and losing his mind in a lot of these places. He's reminding <laughs> me of, like, Philip Rivers, yep. level just freakouts, yep. you know. So he's definitely got to cool that down. But a lot of his frustration has tempered from the fact that Patricia has been such a ridiculous head coach and, and has just – not just handcuffed the kid, but just basically has limited him, and he's got to now be able to, to, to overcome not just the other team, but now his offensive coordinator. You know, So he's a, a bright mind, no question. He's got a good ability, but he does need to control his emotions, I would say that. So those are my answers, I think, to those questions. So just to put a bow on this, and, and you've kind of already answered this, but yeah. in your opinion – so then at the end of the season, let's say they finish 8-9 and nine, and they're, they're out of the playoffs. Even if they finish 9-8, and eight, they, they, yeah. they may still not make the playoffs. If they don't make the playoffs, yeah. if, if Belichick then cleans house for, on the coaching staff, especially on the offensive side of the ball, maybe not so much on the defensive side, but if he cleans house on the offensive side of the ball and brings in new people, does that save his job? Um, I think so. Okay. I, I do think that Kraft still has the respect and the admiration for this guy. And I think that he would be willing to say, okay, you, like, we're going to keep you around. Like, obviously, like, you know, you, you've been so much for us, but we've got to make a change here. And if we don't, then we're going to really start talking about, you know, making a big change. You know, and, 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 and uh, here's the thing, Dan, I mean, and, and I don't necessarily think it would be a bad thing if they did part ways. Look, everybody's time runs out, right? Uh, Tom yeah. Landry's time ran out with the Dallas Cowboys, right? Uh, despite everything, all the success they had in Dallas. Uh, Chuck Knoll's time ran out with the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Don Shula's time ran out with the Miami Dolphins. I mean, it just, it, you know, it happens. You know, I mean, you you, you know, Mike Ditka, I guess you could say, with the success that the Bears had, it wasn't as long as, but, but everybody's time runs out so would it necessarily be a bad thing and bill you know bill's been there forever he's not a young man would it necessarily be a bad thing uh i think it would be a, a worse than the, it is now just because there's uncertainty on the other side of it okay so you let him go who are you replacing them with you can never replace belichick i i just don't think you could do that mm -hmm. now I think a lot of this also stems from the fact that players today, now that they've seen Brady go and win a title somewhere else, maybe the players on the team that have, weren't there with Brady might see that and say, hmm, does this guy really know what he's talking about or, or did he just ride the coattails of the player? Right. You know, and I think that kind of seeps into it. Maybe it seeps into Mac Jones. Who knows? But if you're Mac Jones and nobody, no changes are made, I mean, are you wanting to stay here? No. no. I mean, I, I, that's my question. If nothing happens and nothing changes, 
I mean, if I'm Mac Jones, I, I think you you asked for a trade. You're like, I'm done here. Like, you guys are like, this is my last shot. You guys are not giving me a chance. You know, right? And I get it. McDaniel's left, and fine, go for it. I think the McDaniel's Mac Jones marriage was would have been really nice, but it's not the case. And if that's the case, is there a better option out for the Patriots? You know, if they're picking in the top fifteen again, is there a better option for them to pick? I mean, I don't know. So you could restart there, new offensive coordinator, and go from there. The, the uh, Indianapolis Colts. More more history made. The Indianapolis Colts blow the largest lead in the history of the NFL, a thirty-three to nothing lead, and they lose to the Minnesota Vikings. I I still, you know, it's one of those. I I watched the entire game. I almost clicked it off. I watched the entire game, and I still can't believe what I saw. Yeah. Uh, I guess Jeff Saturday can't coach on Saturday. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's just not, not, not the way it works, I guess. Huh? I mean, 33 to nothing. I mean, as, as hilarious as it, uh, as it was and kind of thinking about that and saying, wow, only the Colts this year would do that. And only the Vikings would have it happen to them where they were the team that came back. I mean, how lucky they've been all year, but you look at the circumstances, Matt Ryan now is a part of the worst comeback in Super Bowl history and the worst comeback in NFL history. Right. I mean, pretty 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 tough career for Matt Ryan and, and he's who's going, an MVP yeah, winner. And he's going to the bench uh, now. You know, beat, who beat that Patriot team the following year in the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, and then on top of this whole thing is that the the Colts fired Frank Reich who led the Bills to that comeback in 92. Oh, that's right. So yeah. it's like the ghost the ghost the ghost of Frank Wright game uh right here. I mean, that's really it. I mean, isn't going to do what he's doing. And if Ursay's going to hire this guy, he's just completely lost. Right. Um because he just completely botched time management, the clock management of that game. You're up 33 nothing, man. Yep. I mean, it's just totally inexcusable. And Saturdays he's auditioning for the part uh, next door might have a job, maybe at McDonald's. Because I, I, it's just not, it's just not going to work. Uh, he, it's not going to work. Yeah, Sorry, he, he, you uh, could talk about, you could talk about your 13 years and playing in the league and all this stuff. You've never done this before, man. Like, you, it's way, way, way different than than just being a center in the league. And one, I get it, Peyton Manning. Yeah, I understand that you played with some great players. You didn't set up game plans. You didn't coach the coaches. You know, I mean, like, it's totally ridiculous that he's even in the position that he's in. So, uh, you know, I, I, the Colts are, are, are going places they don't want to go. On the other side of the ball, you look at uh, you look at part of uh, Kirk Cousins' stat line, and if you told me a guy got sacked seven times and threw two interceptions, there's no way in the world they're winning that game, right? It's the Vikings. <laughs> it's been the Vikings all year. I mean, uh, horseshoes up the keister, uh, you could smell them coming off elevators. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable how much luck this team has gotten. The Bills game, New England, uh, you know, this game, it's it's every week. It's every week it's something new with the Vikings. So, (laughs) you know, uh, you you know, sometimes fate just has you. And God love it. I I actually really like the Vikings. I hope the luck doesn't run out for them. I, I hope that they... They go all the way. I think it would be awesome, for, especially for that franchise. But, I mean, I just don't see it happening. 
That, that's my only concern. I, I love Jefferson. He's unbelievable. He's the best receiver in the league. I just don't see this being able to be sustained with that defense being the way it is. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and then, uh, uh, and I know this one tickled you. Um, uh, the Miami Dolphins uh, had this game. <laughs> they seem to have this game under control, and they end up losing it uh, on uh, a Tyler Bass 29-yard field goal as time expires, and uh, uh, Tua and the Dolphins uh, are now in a situation where they, they look like a playoff team, and now their playoff chances have diminished greatly. Man, I wonder who predicted this. How could they have predicted that? I mean, it's crazy. You're a genius. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess so. Once, once a year. Um, but, but I will say this. You know, I don't think this game had much to do with Tua at all. And his and and, and yeah, he missed some throws. Yeah, I, I think it more had to do with the fact that Mike McDaniel just completely botched the fourth quarter. I mean, completely, completely botched it. Yeah. They were running all over the Bills' interior defensive linemen. That interior was getting run roughshod by Raheem Mostert, uh, using that speed of the running game in a, in a game like that. I mean, it was a great game plan. And then they just stopped doing it. Right. I mean, they just clear, they just mm-hmm. stopped doing it. Yep. And, yeah, they get these crazy explosive plays because that's who they have. They have Waddle and Hill and Mostert and those guys. I mean, they're all ridiculously fast. But why are we throwing with two on third down and short? I mean, what are we doing here in the fourth quarter? Right. You got Josh Allen over there, buddy, and your defense ain't that good. Right. I mean, I'm sorry. You know, we got to learn how to manage the game. And this is what I talk about. I mean, McDaniel, great schemer, great game planner. I think he calls a good game. But there are just situations where he just doesn't get it. Right. And this has been multiple times where he's gotten away with it this year. Nobody noticed he has an issue with this and he's learning it's his first year i can i can understand that and i think he's a cool coach and like that he that he you know the players like him obviously sure but he has a real issue and he's going to learn how to deal with games in the fourth quarter especially when you're playing against a guy like that and how about the bills winning a close game they right. never win close games right. they never they never win these games so huge win for them Miami's now on a three-game slide. They gotta win this game at home against Green Bay, who's playing a lot better, a lot better. So that's a tough game for them. Buffalo looks good. Division wrapped up. Um, now it's all about the one seed for Buffalo. And now Bills fans just kind of hold on to their chairs and say, "Please God, don't let anything go wrong." <laughs> that's, that's it, because something always does with that franchise. We'll see. Um. So another wild finish last week. A team, by the way, the, you, I think you predicted them to go to the Super Bowl. Did you not? The Jacksonville Jaguars? Uh, oh, no. Stop it. Didn't you, did, didn't, you pick them, didn't you pick them to go to no, the Super Bowl? No, I, I picked sure? them to win the division. Oh, was that what it was? I picked them to win the division. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I thought it was the Super Bowl, but that's all right. But regardless, they now, with that win last week, a pick six in overtime, another crazy finish last week. And now the Jacksonville Jaguars, with the injury to Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, Jacksonville has a legitimate chance to win that division. What a turnaround that would be, because this team was dead and buried. Well, they had a great start to the year, didn't they? I mean, they were they really came out all, all guns blazing, and then it all just hit the skids. Right. For like from weeks like 
four through ten. They were just terrible. And all of a sudden, just one week at a time, they're building it back, building it back, getting the offensive line healthy. Trevor Lawrence is starting to play well. Receivers are starting to get bad. They start turning the ball over again on defense. You know, like they, they, they have come together. And what a win for them against Dallas. I mean, that was awesome to see them come back uh, down big early in the third quarter. And they make it through. And, uh, you know, I, and, and get a big play in the overtime to win the game on a pick six. So, you know, don't cat the jungle cats out. I mean, they're, they got a legit quarterback. That's right. what you need, you right. know? And, and, and maybe they're, maybe they're on the level, same playing field of like a team like the chargers that, you know, has a great quarterback and some good weapons and stuff, but can't quite make it. But here's the deal. We expect the chargers to win and they don't, they're disappointing. Right. They don't expect anything from Jacksonville. We don't expect anything from them. And I think now with Tannehill's injury, they got to go with Malik Willis, who, you know, I think will be a good player later on, but he's not there yet. Um, they got to win this game uh, as we're recording on Thursday. Spoiler. They got to win this game tonight against the Jets. Big time. It was right. a big, big, big game for them because Houston, because Tennessee's got Houston. And, and last time Tennessee played Houston, they ran for like 300 yards on them. So, this is a huge game for Jacksonville. I think they can do it, Gene. I think they can. And that Week 18 game against Tennessee looms large all of a sudden. Right. Maybe we get a flex out to the NBC game, and we're all sitting down in Jacksonville, uh, you know, sipping the Kool-Aid or Nashville, wherever they're going to play it. We're sipping the Kool-Aid, ready to watch this January game for the AFC South. That would be wild. That's, that's crazy. Um uh, the, the hottest team in football stayed hot last week, the Detroit Lions. It wasn't pretty. Uh, they had to they really, yeah, they had to work hard uh, to get this one, but uh, they beat the Jets twenty to seventeen. And look, if it weren't for you know what the Vikings have been able to pull off time after time, Detroit would be right in the middle of this thing. But as it is, they're in, they're in playoff position right now. I told you last week. I heard people talking about Detroit is legitimate. They are legitimately good, and that they could be dangerous in the playoffs. If they get in, there's a shot uh, that they could possibly go on a run. We talked about it last week. Uh, I, I think, you know, they had a really tough game going into New York against a good defense in the Jets, and they were able to pull it out in the end. They got a huge win. Huge. Didn't go for it, or went for it on that fourth down. Got a big play at the end of the game. Um, you know, I, I think that this is this is shaping up into something special. I really do. And uh, for Detroit, look, I mean, they're not going to have a super tough schedule coming right. down the pike here. Right. They're just not. So it's certainly possible. If they can get to nine wins, does that get them in? I don't know. I, I mean, you look at the Giants, the, the Washington Commanders, only like only above them because of a tie. So, you know, I, I think that if they can win in Carolina this week and you know, I think that's a big if. I think this is a scary matchup for them because they got to go, you know, outdoors. It's going to be a little colder than normal. I know Carolina's not a great team, but it's a second straight road game. Can they weather the storm? Can they keep this going? I think they might be able to, but I think Dan Campbell has this team believing that, you know, we're the cardiac cats. We're going to get it done in any way, shape, or form. And I think all of America is rooting for a team that has one playoff win since 1958. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, how could how could you not, you know? Right. Uh, maybe the next hottest team in the NFL right now might be the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, 
And, and it, this was an odd game last week. Look, they, you, you know, you look at the final score, and it wasn't even as close as the final score, right? The Patriots, or I mean, the Patriots, <laughs> the Bucks get that consolation touchdown in the final minute. Uh, but this was this was not an eleven point game, and yet you look at the final totals, and the Bucks ran up four hundred yards of offense. Cincinnati just two hundred and thirty seven yards of offense, yet they won this game easily. Well, Gene, they won the game at the end of the first half because right. you know don't forget Tampa was up seventeen nothing right. in this game. Yeah, I mean that was a it was a big lead. What is going on with Cincinnati? At the end of that first half, though, Joe Burrow just laser beamed them right down the field yep. I mean, with no time left. Yep. And they end up getting a field goal. And then they score out of the break. And now all of a sudden it's a one-possession game, and now they've got them. I mean, now Tampa can see it. It's like, oh, boy, here he comes. And Joe B just put him on his back. I mean, it was awesome. So, you know, kudos to them. That was a, that was a gutsy win by the Bengals. Uh, and, you know, now they get to go to New England. I mean, Ugh. how how crazy is this one? Right. And Cincinnati probably, I'd say Cincinnati next to Detroit is, I think you're right. I think they are the hottest team yep. in football. I've been saying it for weeks. I've been saying Cincinnati might be going back to the Super Bowl the way they're playing. I mean, their defense is outstanding. They're going to be missing some guys this week. Trey Hendrickson may not play in this game on defense. Their defense has been the most impressive thing. They have great coaching on defense. And they've got you know what you need. They've got a top, I'll say it right now, he's top three quarterback in the league, in my mind. I mean, he just is. Joe Burrow is outstanding. And if it wasn't for Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, he'd be the MVP of the league. The, the key to me to this Cincinnati team is, and, and is the fact that it's, it's their offensive line. The way, look, that offensive line, the first two, three games this season, stunk. And Burrow was getting killed mm-hmm. again. And yet, this offensive line has really figured it out, and they have been able to not only keep him upright, but give him plenty of time. He hasn't—he doesn't even get pressured that often. Uh, so I think really uh, that the, a lot of the credit for this Cincinnati uh, resurgence this season has to be the credit to the offensive line, in my opinion. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. They've played so much better than they did the first four weeks of the year. It's been a big turnaround. Um. Then we uh, we move on uh, to the Eagles. And, look, uh, the Eagles have a problem. Jalen Hurts is hurt. And the, now there is talk that they may try – he may play this week. Now, I ask you this. It, and, and, I mean, at least as of I saw, they still said there's a chance he might play. Look, you're 13-1. and one. You have a three-game lead in the NFC East. What, what in, on God's green earth would possess them – to let Hertz play in this game this week. Uh, well, we found out today that uh, Sirianni has just said that he is not playing. Oh, I did not see that. So, okay. good. Well, that's uh, yeah, good. That's okay. Excellent. I mean, uh, so, so that kind of changes trajectory, I think, yeah. on on our perspective of this game. Does yeah, it not? Yeah, it does. It, it, a big big time because uh, it, it made no sense to me when they said that he might play. Look, I understand you're playing the team that's right behind you. I understand it's Dallas, but you know, look, it, it just doesn't make any sense. This. This Eagles team, I think, and, and maybe you know, maybe, well, I no, I don't think there's any question. I think, I think they're the, well, maybe not. I guess San Francisco might be the best team in the NFC. But you, you look at the, <laughs> you look at the Eagles' record. It's kind of hard to say. Two. But one of those two are the two best, and and you've got to have him healthy at the end of the season. 
don't you? I mean, they can't. And look, if you got to sit him for two weeks, if you got to sit him for three weeks, you don't rush this guy back, do you? Yeah, I, I think Hertz is one of those guys that just, you know, he kind of seems to me that he is such a health freak and an athletic freak that, you know, I, I could see this being a one-week thing. Okay. Uh, like a one-week thing and, and him coming back to the next game. Obviously, he's not going to play in this game. Fine, whatever. No problem there. You, you, you know, to be honest with you, Gene, Yes, there's a huge, there's a drop off from Hertz to the to the backup. There's nope. no question. Hertz is the M- the MVP of the league as far as I'm concerned. But Minshew's not that bad. I mean, Minshew is a Minshew is a solid, you know, solid backup quarterback in yep. this league that you know could probably start in a place like Houston or Carolina or, or Indianapolis, you know, or Indianapolis. No question. <laughs> so uh, so you know, to me. I don't think this is a, oh, yeah, we're just packing it up. You know, we don't want Jalen to play. Like, we got a big lead. Eagles are going to go out. They're going to try and win this game. And people are talking about this game like, wow, this is kind of a chalk-up loss because it's not really fair. Like, you know, Dax, you know, the Cowboys are full strength. and Eagles aren't, you know, pardon my French, but F that. I mean, that (laughs) is totally... That is totally not the way they're going to play this. They are embracing the underdog role, and I think people better watch out because, A, there's something seriously wrong with Dallas. Yeah, seriously wrong with that offense. Yep. The defense is not getting the defense is not getting the pass rush. They're getting. You don't realize the last three weeks of this season, they've given up 137 yards on the ground per game. Ouch. The last three weeks. Wow. I mean, it's not good. Yeah. It's not good, and. You know, I would be very careful if if I am looking at Dallas. Do you realize that right before this game, before Hurts was announced that he was hurt, the the, the Cowboys were one point favorite. Right when this when this opened. Right. I, I, at home against the Eagles. Right. I mean, that was kind of surprising to me. Right. Um. Now they're five point underdogs. Right. I mean, that's a lot. That's a that's a lot of points. I think the Eagles are going to really embrace that, and you're going to see a really fired up Philly team. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, the the one thing you know, with who, regardless of who the the quarterback is, you you cannot underestimate the ability of the Dallas Cowboys to screw this up, right? I mean, it's <laughs> a great point. You just can't. Hey, what do you make of the the Chief, What do you make of the Chiefs game last week, struggling against a terrible Houston team? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of warned people for weeks about this. We did a contenders, and uh, we did kind of a tiering of the league last week on our show on the Sunday card, and I left the Chiefs out of the Super Bowl contenders list. That's the number one list. I left them out because I'm seeing major issues of the defense here. I mean, defense can't stop anybody. Super young in the back end. They've got like three rookies starting in the secondary. Um, They're not getting a huge amount of pass rush here uh, like they were in, in the previous weeks. You're giving up you know, 28 points to Russell Wilson and the Broncos. You're getting taken to overtime by the Texans. Right. I mean, this is two weeks in a row. You know, the offense is still clicking. Five hundred. I mean, nothing wrong with the offense. Yeah, but but you know, that is not going to win you games when you have to play actual defenses. Right. And this week they're playing Seattle, and Seattle's defense is just not very good. Um, and they'll probably you know be able to rack up plenty of yards, but. I will be super concerned. They've already lost to Buffalo this week, this year. They've already lost to Cincinnati, who owns them 
owns them. Right. And, um, yeah, I think that there's definitely a possibility that this could, this, I don't want to say spiral because that's not the word for it. I think they are a Super Bowl hopeful team. I still think they can get there, but there's got to be a wholesale change on that defensive side. Um, the, uh, Cleveland Browns, um, beat Baltimore last week and it, and, and look, they are not without Lamar Jackson. They are just not right. I mean, I, I realize they're nine and five, but they are going to struggle until he can come back and he's not playing again this week. Um, how much trouble do you think this, this, uh, Ravens team is in? Well, I would say that. Baltimore still has the defensive prowess to play. If their offense is going to act like that, I mean, their offense was bad before. Right. I, I think I think it's hard to trust them. It's it was bad before Lamar Jackson was there because the spacing on the receivers is just not good enough. I, I really and truly think that Baltimore uh, probably needs it. Also needs a change at offensive coordinator, and I think it's going to be. I, I I don't think that they can make it through these playoffs without Lamar going absolutely crazy. And he's got to be healthy to do that. Right. They got to have Dobbins healthy. They got to have Jackson healthy. And they, and they, um, <laughs> excuse me, goodness. And they have to have, they have to have, uh, some receiving core able to, you know, kind of function in the offense. And right now it's just kind of a, it's just kind of a clog. They're not a team that really, you know, has a game plan in the passing game. They're just a team that runs pass plays. That's right. pretty much all they are. So uh, I would be hard pressed to think Baltimore is is on their path to Arizona this year. I just I, I'm not sure I see that. Um, the Giants, New York Giants, um, managed to kind of right the ship a little bit last week. Really needed to do that. Uh, look, they weren't out. You know, look, they didn't do anything special here. Daniel Jones wasn't lighting the world on fire. Uh, you know, if it weren't for Saquon Barkley running the ball fairly well, I mean, this Giants offense really wasn't very effective last week. Uh, the defense really won this game for them. No question. No question. I thought they got a big play at the beginning of the game uh, with the fumble and the touchdown there. Right. Um, you know, got up early and then got a benefit of some unbelievably bad calls and bad non-calls. Right. Um, so that's another team that got very, very lucky. Um the Giants going to Minnesota this week. I mean, talk about that. I mean, just so annoying, both of these teams, and how lucky these teams have been, aren't they? You got lucky, lucky charms game this week right? for this one. I mean, it's crazy. So, look, the Giants' defense is still really well coached. Offense is good enough, you know, without missing a ton of weapons. Uh, they got to run the football, and they can on Minnesota. I think that they definitely can. So, We'll see. I think that the Giants are, you know, kind of, again, one of those middling teams that might sneak their way in the playoffs. They'll be happy to be there, and then we'll say goodbye to them after the first weekend. Well, one would think so. All right, let's get to uh, this week's games. and uh, uh, most Mostly Saturday games. We have three games uh, on Christmas, and then, of course, we still have a Monday night game. But uh, let's, uh, let's, let's start running them down, and let's start with the New York Giants at Minnesota the Vikings are a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home, and the way these two teams are lucky, does that mean this ends in a tie? Yeah, I think it could be, or 0-0, <laughs> zero, zero, or, or, you know, 40-40. to 40. I mean, it could be either one, you know, at the end of the day. But uh, I do think that Minnesota has a really, really good offense still, and 
I think they could, they could probably win this game. My problem is, is that, again, defensively, can the Giants control it on the ground? I think there's a good chance that they can. I think that, I think that also Kirk Cousins is going to have a little bit of a time dealing with some of the, the things that the Giants' defense are going to throw at them. It's going to be hard covering Jefferson. There's no question. That's going to be a massive you know, undertaking for them. Right. But I think if the Giants can make some plays defensively, there's no reason they can't win this game. I'm going to take the Giants to win. Really? Now, now hasn't am I wrong? Yep. Kirk Cousins has thrown for 400 yards like two weeks in a row, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he has. I think a 460 last week and 425 the week before that. So, uh, but we're still going with the Giants, huh? Okay. Right. You, 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 you come off a game where you win a game down 33 to nothing. I am betting against yeah. you. Every you know what? Time That's a good point. You, you, you spent a lot of your uh, uh, your capital probably to your luck capital getting through that one. Um, this Good game, Lord. this game, ordinarily I wouldn't have you pick because ordinarily, I, ordinarily this might be a a fourteen point spread, but because of the injury to Ryan Tannehill, Houston is at Tennessee. Tennessee just a three and a half point favorite, and look, Tennessee can't afford to lose this game. But we look, and I'm not trying to kill your 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 Liberty guy, Malik Willis, but he's not ready for prime time. <laughs> so you know, does he? Can he do enough, or or is this just all about? running the football. Oh, it's definitely about running the football. Do they let, do they let Willis, do they let Willis throw the ball more than 10 times? (laughs) That's, that's the, the over, Um, over, under on pass attempts, 10. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably about (laughs) Um, the last time, the last time they played. Yep. I believe Derrick Henry had, 32 carries for like 220 yards. Oof. And and the, the Titans won this game by a touchdown. They controlled the game the whole way. Right. So, you know, as much as, you know, we want them. And, and guess who played quarterback in that game? Malik Willis. Malik Willis. Yeah. So, you know, to me, I think that they'll have a different game plan. They couldn't throw the football. I mean, it was, it was not good. I think that they'll develop a different game plan. I love, like, I love the fight that Houston shows. But the pick them to win a football game is like basically torture. I mean, you're, you're asking me to, you're you're really you're asking me to find the needle in the haystack okay. on that one. Right. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Tennessee. Uh, Detroit is at Carolina, as you said. This might be a difficult game for Detroit. It's good. The temperatures are only going to be in the mid 30s in Carolina in Charlotte uh, this weekend. So, and Detroit now really, you know, they're in a cold weather city, but they're an indoor team. So, uh, the cold could be a factor in this game for the lions. Yeah. It has never been a good idea with, with, uh, with golf outdoors, uh, against, against another team in in the cold and, you know, Carolina for all their woes offensively, defensively, they're still pretty good. So this is going to have to be a tough game for, for, uh, for Goff. Goff has to show up. If Goff limits the turnovers, which he has done a great job of doing so, then the Lions can definitely win this game. Um, but in Carolina, uh, I think that there's a chance that they could run the ball on, on Detroit and, and, and do that and keep this one as low scoring as possible. I hate doing this because I really want the Lions to win, but I'm going to take the Panthers. I'll probably take the Panthers to win this game. And, wow. you know, just the, again, another thing where the Lions, Lions have been playing all these crazy games. It's their second straight road game. Uh, it would take, you know, I, I, the Lions could definitely win this game. I'm not saying that they can't, but 
you know, I just think it's a spot for the Lions to lose. Okay. So I'm going to take the Panthers here. Um, I am surprised by the line in this game. Cincinnati is at New England. The Bengals are only a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Is it the weather that's keeping this line so low? Well, it's supposed to be like seven degrees or something in yeah. Foxborough on Saturday. Okay. Um, I don't think so. I mean, Cincinnati plays outdoors, too, and yeah. in the cold. So why, why only uh, I mean, the Patriots, you know, I mean, just have looked inept. Other than Ramondre, yes, other than Ramondre Stevenson. True. That's true. Um, however, they are coming off of a game in which the dumbest play in sports history just <laughs> happened. Right, right. So, okay. yeah, and they really honestly and truly controlled that game in the second half. They did. Cincinnati's also hurt a little bit on defense, so that could be a factor into it. Plus, you know, typically we've said in the past that the Patriots typically don't shoot themselves in the foot. They've done that a lot this year, there's no question, but there is – there is still, you know, there's still seven and seven. It's not like they're one of the worst teams in football. Right. You know, and they're still fighting for a playoff spot. I mean, this is their last hurrah. This is it. This is the last stand. So, I mean, if they're going to get in the playoffs, this is they have to win this game. There is no tomorrow. Right. This is it. So, um, as much as I would love to pick them, I have zero faith that they're going to win this game. <laughs> because, again, they have beaten one, count them, one starting quarterback this entire season. Right. And now they're playing a kid who really, again, outside of Hurts and Mahomes, is the best player that we've seen so far play this year in Joe Burrow. Uh, it's going to be tough, to say the least. It's going to be very, very tough. Um, I don't know how they guard Chase. No Jalen Mills again. Jonathan Jones has not been good against some of these best, the best uh, receivers in football. Going up against another one more than likely. Maybe they throw Marcus Jones on him, who did a great job on Devontae Adams, by the way. Uh, but I, I, I'm going to take, take the Bengals. I just think they're they're playing hot. The only thing I could see is that the Bengals have also been super hot like the Lions, and maybe they're due for a loss on the road. But uh, I would be shocked if the Patriots were able to win this game. Well, you know, the other part of this, too, is Cincinnati, Cincinnati's got Mixon back. Now, he only played a little bit last week, but, you know, he is back and – you know, another game under his belt, he could be a factor in this one as well. No question. All right. Uh, the uh, We talked about this briefly earlier. Uh, the Eagles without Jalen Hurts at Dallas. Uh, the line I see is four and a half. You said you you saw five. Um, mm-hmm. But it is, this is a game Philly could still win there. Oh, 100%. I mean, this game comes down to me to one matchup. It's the Dallas O-line versus the Philly D-line. I, I think that, that wins the whole game. Can Philly generate pressure on Dak enough to force turnovers, give Minshew short fields, let them run the football with Sanders and Scott and the rest of them, and, and go to work and Kenny Gainwell? I, I think that they could do this, and I think they'll be creative in their play calling. They're going to obviously lose out on the quarterback running the football, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that they can't run it. And Dallas has not been good against the run. Uh, I think there's still offensive woes to be had because I don't think that they commit to the run. Dallas gets bored running the football. They just do. If they ran it more with Tony Pollard, they would be fantastic. But they just get away from it in the middle of the game. And, and they don't stick to their game plan. They get bored doing it. They think they have to hit these home run balls. They have to get CeeDee Lamb involved in the game. They don't. They literally can run the football in this game. And, and at a majority of the time, 
They're the majority of the clip, and they can win this game and play good enough defense. I think they can. They're not going to. I think Philly <laughs> wins the game, okay. and every everybody is everybody everybody is uh, you know going to be shocked that Dallas lost this game. And I don't know why. I mean, they're just not. There's not a situational football team, and Philly's just a better team overall. I know they're missing their quarterback. I get it. But this kid, I'm telling you, he can play. He is a good, he's a good backup quarterback, and I think that he can lead them there. I mean, look at what Dallas did with Cooper Rush. Right. Minshew's just as good as that. It's not better, you know. So I, I, I'm taking Minshew. I'm taking the Magic. Sunday, Christmas Day, Green Bay is at Miami. The Packers, <clears throat> Packers coming off a win. Dolphins coming off a loss. Dolphins are shooting themselves in the foot on a regular basis, but they are still a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home on Sunday. Well, they are, and, I, and you know, I looked at this game and I said, look, we know what the deal is. Like, they're going to want to get out in space and run. That's what they're going to want to do. They're going to want to expose the speed and, and really get the Packers sweating because, it, oh, yeah, it's going to be real hot down there in Miami. Like, And the Packers are coming from frozen tundra Lambeau. It's going to be really hard for them to adjust, blah, blah, blah. And then I looked at the weather. You know it's going to be 55 degrees in Miami on Sunday? Oh, wow. I mean, it's, it's going to be 55 and raining. So, and there's going to be a lot of wind in this game. So there's no adjustment here for the Packers, and they've been playing really well. They've right. been running the ball fantastic. So call me crazy. Don't, don't, don't cancel the bad man yet. Give me the Packers. <laughs> Give me the, the little more mistletoe. And, and add a little charcuterie cheese board on that one <laughs> while we're drinking mimosas on Christmas morning. Give me the Packers. I think they're going to win this game. They're going to out-physical the Dolphins. And, look, regardless, the Packers still have a really good secondary. Yep. Uh, at least, you know, on paper they do. And I think if they can find a way to kind of just corral and rally and kind of rope up those, those, those receivers in the middle of the field, they can't allow anything deep over the top. I think there's a chance they can win it. I think they do. I think they're starting to gel a little bit more towards the end of the year. Christian Watson has been a absolute man, so and which is why I loved him coming out. I think this is going to be this is going to be a Packers win, and all of a sudden, here comes Miami versus New England the following week oh, in Foxborough <laughs> for for a chance for New England to keep their season alive. That that would be it. That would be unbelievable. Well, and finally on Monday night, the Chargers are at Indianapolis. Now, this could go, I guess, one of two ways. I mean, look, the Chargers are a four-and-a-half-point favorite, and, you know, everything to me says easy Charger win, but it's the Chargers. And, <laughs> you know, and but, – Don't but, fall into the trap, yeah, Gene. But, yeah, but no, but the other part of this is what I was going to say is, look, yes, Indianapolis blew that, that – you know, historic lead last week, but they still put up 33 points. You know what I mean? Or 36 points in this game. I mean, they still showed that they can move the football. And um, so Chargers four and a half points. That might be a little much. Well, remember the Colts also got a block punt for a touchdown. They got a lot of turnovers. Like, you know, they did that too. But this is, Gene, I mean, we look at the Chargers. What do we say every week about them? As underdogs, Fantastic! They got the quarterback to do it. Right. As favorites, throw them in the toilet. I mean, it's just, it's not going to work. So I I am not taking the Chargers to lose the game. 
I think they actually will probably end up winning because I don't think that the Colts are very good at managing the fourth quarter either. They're not going to cover. Nick Foles coming into this game. Yeah. I think the Colts probably cover, yep. um, but I do think the Chargers probably win. I, I think that this could be – it's a track meet. I believe the game's in Indianapolis, right? So it's indoors. Correct. Um, and and so you got Herbert indoors with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. You know, if they could just get a little bit of a rhythm going with their offensive attack, that's all they need. That's all they need. So I think they'll do it. But I do think the Colts can slow this game down. My only concern about the Colts is, is Jonathan Taylor going to play? Right. Because if he's not going to play, then it's going to be a much tougher uphill climb. Because, you know, how, you know how to beat the Chargers, right? Talk about it every week. Run, yep, run, 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 baby. Yep. So, yep. So, I mean, if Taylor's not playing, it's a big blow. So if Taylor plays, the Colts probably cover. I don't think they win. If he doesn't play, uh, you know, it's no play for me. But – I think the Chargers will win either way. Um, last thing I want to get your opinion on before we uh, let you go, and uh, that is the uh, the Pro Bowl selections were made this week. And what was interesting was yep. is two of the top vote getters didn't make the Pro Bowl. Two of who got who the fan vote led the fan vote, and Christian McCaffrey, who also had uh, a huge number of fan votes, neither one of them ends up on the uh, the Pro Bowl team. How does that happen, Gene? I thought that he was the MVP of the league. I mean, what? What are they doing? Who did they put ahead of him? Oh, Joe Bur. Oh, Josh. Oh, Patrick Mahomes. How did he not get there? I know. Shocking. I'm stunned. Yeah. I, I was. I'm, a, I, Honestly, I was, I'm upset. I was a little surprised about McCaffrey, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can make a there's case. a lot of good running backs. There are. There are. There's a lot of good running backs in the NFC. So, you know, I mean, you know, kudos to whoever made it. I mean, McCaffrey is, is a top five running back in the league. I yeah, mean, well, I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to I'm going to say this. And and the one thing I I actually said when I saw that this that they didn't get on despite the fan vote, I said, you know what? Good. And I wish Major League Baseball would do the same thing. Because how many times do we watch an All Star game, right? And you see somebody that has no is hitting two twenty that's selected as a starter for the All Star game that has no business being there. You know, I mean, I wish that that, yeah. that there was uh, some more sanity in a couple of the other sports. NBA is a, a, a similar situation where you got guys that are just popular. LeBron James is going to be a starter on the All Star team when he shouldn't be. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just so well, you know. To me, to me, uh, you know, every year I look at the Pro Bowl and I say, okay, who cares? Right. Like, well, I, there is I, that. Like, who cares? Yeah. Like, I, you know, I care about the All Pro team. That's just me. I think that is way more, like, you know, weight Agreed. to it. Agreed. Um, because you know the AP is in there, and there are guys. You know, a lot of the guys just look at stats and what have you. And you know, I think the stats are getting you know a little bit more analytical and 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 probably getting also. You know, I know people don't like analytics, but at least they're diving deeper and saying, okay, we're providing a little bit more context to why players are getting selected for the pro for the uh, for the All Pro teams. Right. The Pro Bowl is a complete joke. I mean, they don't even play the game for crying out loud. Right. Right. So you know, it's a nice thing. You know, you get a little bit of recognition. Sure, you're one of the good players. And but you know, look at the team. I mean, you get you get you get fifty guys making each. You got a hundred guys making the Pro Bowl. That's true. I mean, yeah. you know, I, it's it's like all right. Well, you know, all pros is, is a different story. I mean, you get like two guys at your position, the whole thing. I mean, that's it. So, you know, 
I, I think I think that that has to do a lot more with it. I I I like the All Pro thing, just like the All NBA team and, and Major League Baseball. I don't think even do they do it. Do they do a an All they do AL yeah. team? They, that's no, all? they just do it. Okay, they do an All MLB team, um, and that, that's again that's okay. that's just, it's very similar to the All Pro team in football, where you know the writers, uh, the AP writers, and you know the, the guys that cover the teams on a daily basis are the ones that vote. Yeah, yeah, but the, but like to me, it it means more to somebody I think to to make that team than the All Star game, and we just always look at All Star yeah, games. I would like, agree. You know, who I would, cares? I would agree. And you know, what's interesting, especially in Major League Baseball, they'll talk about when somebody's getting selected for the Hall of Fame. They'll talk about how many times they were selected to the to the All Star game, but they don't mention how many times they were selected to the All MLB team. Which, which as you, it's like this this weird posterity thing that yeah. we like have to care about and. Like I, I mean, I don't watch any of these things. So I mean, you know, I, I care less because nobody's really playing. You know what? You know what so, it would be? I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you what it is, Dan. It's it's like somebody yeah. my age versus somebody your age. Somebody your age would say, "Okay, boomer," right? That's pretty much what yes, it is. Yes, they would. I, you know, that's pretty much what it is. It's something that's uh, that's been around forever, and old people like me, uh, the boomers, right? <laughs> and the young people like you would say, "Yeah, whatever, go away, old man." So that's probably more what it is. Uh, the All-Star game, the MLB All-Star game, may be the only one that is okay because I'm like, ah, oh, let's, you know, I haven't watched it all this half right. season, but let me see who's good. You right, know, I, right. I, might, I might take a peek at the All-Star game. That's the only and there's also nothing else on TV <laughs> So in the summer. Right. So, you know, that's also a point. But the Pro Bowl, forget it. The All-Star game of the NBA, absolutely couldn't care less. Right. Um, NHL is thing. okay. Yeah. I mean, at least it's fun. Yeah. yeah. But again, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is, but I, I honestly, you know, I, I, I hope that these kids, you know, I saw Jeremy Reeves, uh, all-star or got a pro bowl selection from the Washington commanders it was really nice. Yeah, the special cool. teams guy just lost his mom. Right. That was a, that was a really nice thing. And that's what I think it should mean to people, not the like $125,000 game check they get. Right. You know? But, you know, I think that, yeah, sure, that's a nice thing. I'm glad he got recognized. I do. I just don't think it means as much, you know, to me than, than an all-pro selection. That's fair. Well, my friend, listen, uh, it, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. You're, uh, uh, this is, is this your first Christmas with Michelle? Yes. Yeah, we're going to be together. Yeah, so it's that? very nice. And his fiance yeah. getting married next year and their first Christmas together. So I hope you have a wonderful Christmas, my friend. We will look forward to talking to you next week uh, prior to the new year. And uh, we should have a little bit more clarity, you would think, on uh, the playoff situation next week. But uh, I hope you have a great Christmas and, and enjoy the games this weekend. You too, Gene. God bless. It's been a great year. Uh, and I hope you and your family and, and Barb and, and all of them have a, have a great Christmas. And uh, we'll do it one more time next week for 2022, and we'll wrap it up. Sounds good. Dan Zampano here on Sports Country Radio. That's going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Wake Up Call. For Dan Zampano, I'm Gene Gums. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.